Good evening. This is a Tomorrow Christian Today reading Deuteronomy 18 in the NLT. But first and always we pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for a wonderful day. This is a very important chapter as they all are. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful week. Thank you for your blessings, your provisions, Lord, protecting us, protecting me. Thank you for your word. Your word is a joy. Help us to find passion, to have relationship and connection with you through the blessed Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, that we will not do violence to your reputation, but we will honor your reputation and glorify your reputation, and that we may be people who make you proud because we are supposed to be a royal priesthood as we, as we prepare for your soon coming. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Today we had a Bible study in a group of people that I worked with. I'm the last person that's not retired, and you're studying Revelation 5. All of all of creation glorifies in the lamb that was slain, who had seven horns, seven eyes. It's a symbol of Jesus. The, Jesus has the whole picture and he is worthy to take from the hand who sits, the right hand of the one who sits in the throne. He is the one who takes the scroll and that's found in Revelation 5. He is the one who uh, unlocks and shows us how the future is going to go. And we are living in that future right now. And I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. We have to be an intentional um, group of Christians and we really have to think. This is a very important chapter for me because as you shall see, it has a warning against false prophets. In the Israel, if there was a false prophet, the person was supposed to be destroyed from out of Israel to prevent from misleading. And of course, the laws in this country do not allow us to you know, do that. Right, Jesus was thought to be a false prophet, and they wanted to kill him. And um, but they were not allowed. To, Israel was not allowed to do that uh, because of the laws of Rome. So uh, when I read this chapter at the end, it really made me think uh, that what I had been told from well-meaning people or deceptive people, either people who had been taught wrong and they knew no better, or people who with their pride would not have let them be able to say the truth that the person who had started the church that I was born into was a false prophet and an antichrist. That she had opinions, she had Christian opinions, she had the ability to write just like other people, but like other great writers on BibleHub.com or any great writer, she had a fundamental belief that says that she was a speaking for God, that she was divinely inspired by God, which was a, a shadowy, dicey, uh, legalistic way of trying to promote and exalt this lady above everybody else and really above Jesus as her books and her opinions were vaulted above Jesus and scripture. And that there's no two ways to slice that. And so this was one of the things that began to pick away at my soul. And it made me realize that sometimes um, there are people who are older than you and smarter than you. And when you're young, you will listen to them and do what they're told because you want to be a team player. But you realized that they are doing something that is incorrect and is incompatible with the scriptures. The scriptures are supposed to correct you. It's supposed to transform you. It's supposed to act as your guide, your conscience. It is the light from God. It is God's word. And God's word was telling me that I had to leave that church and go and join the Baptist church, which I think was more indicative of Christianity, which was just Jesus and the authority of God's word, the Bible and to work out all the other hermeneutics for myself, to listen to what was taught, but to work it out for myself and don't just do what I'm told. If you just do what you're told, you'll always be do what you're told and you'll never think for yourself. 
not to be a rebel, but you need to think for yourself and you need to disagree agreeably in the Christian church because we can't all agree with each other. But false prophets are not allowed in the Baptist church. Let me read. Gifts for the priests and Levites in the NLT. Remember that the Levitical priests, that is the whole of the tribe of Levi, will receive no allotment of land among the other tribes in Israel. Instead, the priests and Levites will eat from the special gifts given to the Lord, for that is their share. They will have no land of their own among the Israelites. The Lord himself is their special possession, just as he promised them. We are also supposed to be priests in a royal priesthood. That's what it says in 2 Peter. And that's also what we read in Revelation 5. We have a new name. We, have, we are part of the new covenant. We will be citizens of the new earth, the new kingdom, the new Jerusalem. God makes everything new. He doesn't just polish up the old covenant, the old earth. The old earth, the way of sin, this corrupted universe, or this part of the solar system that's corrupted. I can't tell if the whole universe is corrupted or not. It, sure, it looks like it. I have no idea. will go the way of the dinosaur. And maybe in heaven there'll be dinosaurs too, but they'll be, they won't be killing, murdering dinosaurs. If Tyrannosaurus Rex is in heaven, boy, I sure want to see what he looks like. I don't think he's going to really need the six-inch teeth. Personally, God might leave it there just for dramatic effect, but maybe those little tiny little arms in the front, they might get lengthened a little bit. They look a little off. <laughs> he had huge legs and little tiny little arms, you know. Yeah, maybe we might fix that, you know. Of course, it's good that he had the tiny arms, because if he did, he'd really wreck havoc. You know, plus Triceratops was always holding him bay with the three, with the three horns, which we also read in Revelation 5, because horn is supposed to represent power. And if Triceratops didn't have those three horns, uh, there would have been a lot of uh, Triceratops steaks uh, on the Tyrannosaurus uh, dinner plate. But Triceratops held him at bay. Of course, Proceratops wasn't so lucky, but he was a lot smaller. Anyways, there's a way more dinosaurs now. I can't even count them. But in my day, I think there was like 20 dinosaurs. I could count them all on um, both hands, you know, if I flashed my hands twice. Okay, let me keep reading. I'm, I've gotten off track here. We must be serious. These are the parts the priests may claim as their share from the cattle, sheep, and goats that the people bring as offerings, the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach. You must also give to the priests the first share of the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and the wool at sharing time. For the Lord your God chose the tribe of Levi out of all your tribes to minister in the Lord's name forever. And that's what we're doing. We're ministers of the new covenant. Jesus is the perfect minister of the new covenant. He's not ashamed to call us brethren, but he is one with God. He is the son of God. He is the perfect son of God. And he's of the order of Melchizedek. He is right now, even in heaven, intercessing for us. He's alive and well. Jesus is not just a dead guru that we pay homage to. He is someone that's alive. He's the living Christ. And he is at the right hand of the living God. And he is the one who is worthy to take the scrolls and unfold human history. Verse 6. Suppose a Levite chooses to move from his own town in Israel, wherever he is living, to the place the Lord chooses for worship. He may minister there in the name of the Lord his God, just like all his fellow Levites who are serving the Lord. There he may eat his share of the sacrifices and offerings, even if he also receives support from his family. Verse 9, a call to holy living. When you enter the land your Lord, 
the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. We are supposed to be different from the people around us. I have many wonderful friends, but I do feel like I stick out, and I don't say that to be arrogant. It's just their, their priorities are just not heavenly. God doesn't really enter their conversations. You know, they're thinking about the deals they have to make, what they have to fix in their houses, the sports, all those things. And those are wonderful things. And as a Christian, many Christians like those things too. But there doesn't seem to be, from the conversation, any room for God. And I guess that they do know that I'm a Christian. They do know I go to church on Sunday. Of course, my friend is trying to corrupt me, but he, he's well-meaning. He's my friend. You know, maybe I can be a good influence for Christ for him. Right now, I don't think he really cares. But we are going to stick out. You are going to stick out. You know, you're going to hear a lot of cussing, a lot of cursing, a lot of really um, inappropriate language <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> I hear a lot of inappropriate things and I go, wow, I can't believe this. It's really terrible. Well, all the TV shows are the same thing now, too. Everybody cusses now, right? Cussing is the new thing. Even women cuss. It's, it's really quite, quite shocking. I just saw The Twilight Zone. I, I discovered a movie website, and they have The Twilight Zone from 1959. You know, one, you know the one with Rod Serring? This is a dimension of sound, sign. Not of sight or sound, but of the mind. A fifth dimension in The Twilight Zone. You know, everybody's wearing suits. Everybody's so subdued. I think our generation, we just drink way too much coffee and have way too much social media. We're way too chatty and way too not subdued. Verse 10, for example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. I mean, did people actually do this? This, I mean, isn't that what, you know, people, uh, you know, the certain, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, you know, this uh, thing where we, um, you know, kill babies. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on this podcast, to be honest. And do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery on, or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or physics or psychics, sorry, physics, psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. I mean, this is, this is, this is uh, the occult. This is the going to some other source for spiritual wisdom. This is what happened at the tree of the good and evil. There was another spiritual voice in that tree, but it was, it was the devil, it was the evil one. He was talking through the serpent. He was using a living creature as his medium. So now the snake has, has a connotation of being slippery and sly and lying, speaking with a forked tongue. Anyone who does these things is, is detestable to the Lord. Well, God, um, Satan is a liar. Jesus says in John 8, he's a, he's a liar and the father of lies because he speaks from his own resources. Lie needs truth to stand. It can't stand by itself. But Satan could make up things on his own. I'm sure nobody could do that before. I'm sure that when he went to the angels and he started telling them things, they started believing it was truth because nobody had ever lied before. And, and God is saying here, he doesn't want people who do that. We can't be doing that. You know, I mean, in this world, you can't always say everything. You know, when people ask you things in business or whatever, you have to make business deals. You have to, you know, you have to do a deal for yourself. But we can't be dishonorable and, and dishonest. We have to be honest. 
Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. So it wasn't because of Israel was great. It was because they were small in number. And it's because the Lord loved them and made a promise to Abraham. And that's why he grew um, the Israelites. And we are, we are now Israelites in terms of Romans 2, 28, 29. We have a new heart, a new covenant. We are, we are connected to God. God is honest. He tells the truth. God does not lie. God does not sin. He cannot be tempted. And God does not lie. And God cannot die. Well, we can be tempted and we can, we, we are fragile in this present state. One day we won't be, but we have to be honest. It's hard to be honest in such a dishonest world. We've all been called to carry our cross. That's my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I'm telling you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. So he's talking to them and he's talking to us. You know, Jesus died for the new covenant. He says that, but there are still things in the old covenant that we do. It's discipline and we do not go to mediums and sorcerers and witches and warlocks. Now it gets, now it gets personal here for me true and false prophets. Moses continued, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. So I thought, okay, a prophet in the Old Testament. Okay, somebody else, right? Then he says, for this is what you yourself requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said, don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore. See this blazing fire for we will die. So God says, okay, I'll raise up somebody who's going to speak for me. Then the Lord said to me, what, what they have said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth. It's like, okay, this is talking about a prophet, a, a, a human being. And he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who does not listen, will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaimed on my behalf. But any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. So I got the feeling when I read this that we're not just talking about any prophet. We're talking about someone who is like a prophet, but the prophet, like in a category all by himself. And I, I've, that is talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is a prophet. He's also the Savior, Redeemer, the Son of God, the Son of Man. He is all those things. The perfect Lamb. He's the Lion of Judah. The meekness and the might come together. Right? This is, this is who Moses, Moses is saying, somebody is coming from Israel that's going to be even greater than me. And all of a sudden in my church, we're talking about somebody being a prophet and it's a woman? No, that's a lie. And the back of Revelation says, if you believe in a lie, if you believe in a falsehood, you are going to be punished by God and you are going to die. And my friends, I don't want to die, I want to live. This is salvation. The family was told, they were all told, and they all rejected what I told them. Because their pride would not let them get on their knees and ask God, have I been taught wrong? Am I wrong? Could I possibly be wrong? No, no. No, no. Pride won't let you see. They are too proud to admit that they are wrong and that we have been taught wrong and they need to leave. They think it's okay or it doesn't matter. Everybody. It's very sad. It's very disheartening.
I pray for them. That's all I do. I don't, I don't get into arguments anymore. We don't swap any more videos. We don't talk. We don't, I don't, I've never, I don't go to their house at Christmas, both in Canada and also in California. There's no point. We have nothing more to say. It's just polite. Hi, how are you? Merry Christmas. That's it. It's sad. We can't, we had a very nice family when I was growing up, but we had, we were inside a religion that is wrong. It's your salvation. It's what happens to you after that sky opens up. You can't make a mistake with this. I'm, I'm begging anybody, if Jesus is not your savior, I, I want to read this and I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it to promote Jesus. I don't need to tell people what to do. But if you're serious about salvation, about Jesus Christ, about eternal life, you know what you have to do. Any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. Well, we don't kill false prophets in North America, but we can stay away from the churches that they start. Any church that has another person speaking as if he was speaking for God, it's usually his doctrines, his ideas, his opinions that become a gospel and they become elevated over Jesus. Galatians 1 6 to 9 says that person is cursed by God. And when I read these things, I really started to get frightened. Honestly, it really started to frighten me. God is going to hold me accountable because he has shown me from the Holy Spirit that what I have is wrong and I need to, I need to make a stand. It's not enough sometimes to just know it and just hold on to it. You need to stand. And I'm not really a standing kind of guy. You know, making making a mark, uh, proclaiming a record, you know, um, protesting, that's not really my deal. I don't like to make trouble. I like to, when the teacher left the classroom, I, I did enjoy what other guys got in trouble. I just kind of enjoyed the show. When they came back, it's like, <laughs> but I don't like to do that because I didn't like to get in trouble. But when you take a stand for Christ, like you put it all in the line, God's going to reward you. But in this world, a lot of people's feelings are going to get hurt. They're going to, their, 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 your, their relationship with you uh, is going to be second. It's not going to be like it was before, and they're not going to like it. And they're going to respond by either telling you you're wrong, trying to make you feel bad, or totally disconnecting from you. That's the truth. I, I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to tell you the truth. Matthew 10, my pastor read Matthew 10 to me. Uh, the verse is there which says, your, your member of your own family will become your enemies. I pray for my children daily. They don't contact me. It really hurts. I really understand the prodigal um, son story. The father was looking for his kids. Just a word, something, nothing. I pray for them. They're good kids, but they've just been in a wrong wrong system and the mother is wrong and she doesn't want to admit it not accountable uh you know won't take responsibility won't admit that she's wrong verse 20 but any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another god must die this lady died in 1915 or 1919 not my, not my ex this false lady and she said she heard angel messengers and she saw visions Okay, she could write, got to give her that. She plagiarized, but she could, she could put words together. So she wasn't a stupid person. 
but this woman is possessed by pride, by ego, or by demons. I don't know which, and I don't need to figure it out, but it's somebody that you need to stay away from. You don't need to go and embarrass the people in that church. They won't listen to you anyways. But if you're there, or you know, you just need to stay away. And if one of them is your friends, if you guys have a working relationship and they're not bothering you about their doctrines, about Saturday or about her books, hey, you know what, power, that's great. You have respect. I would never tell you to discontinue a friendship that's working. But if somebody's friends with you because they're trying to push their theology on you and that theology is wrong, you need to set boundaries. You decide. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. This personally got very personal because this prophet that's being talked about by Moses is Jesus Christ. He is way above everybody else. He is a prophet because he does predict the future, but he's that and uh, uh, he's that and so much more. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. And I think the Bible says, it says here in the ESV, what is, what is it here? It says that prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Yes, I was afraid of this lady, even though she was dead, because she, her word carried, she, she had powerful words. But I realized that she's lying or deceived herself with her own self-aggrandizement. Is that a word? Her own, her own narcissism. She's swallowed her own cope. You need to stay away from that person. And you need to, if you are in this church and you are reading Revelation 18, 8, 4, as I did, you need to leave. You can't be, you can't be a member of a church that is pushing somebody else and pushing and saying they're Christian. Okay, they're not. The devil is not stupid. He's, he creates counterfeits. But if you look at the counterfeit very closely, the counterfeit has flaws in it. You just have to look and look through the through the word of God. Look at it through the word of God and pray about it. You, you don't you're not condemning people. You're condemning um, their theology, but you need to remove yourself from it. And you are going to they're going to condemn themselves. But why should you go down with their ship? Jesus says that people are going to be deceived in Matthew 24. A lot of stuff came out of America in the 1800s, a lot of false movements. They have some good ideas, they have some good things, they have discipline, very disciplined, wear, wear suits, very neat, very clean, very clean diet. But the whole premise of a false day of worship and another person, God says Jesus, they said somebody else. Wrong. I can't emphasize it enough. Israel had this problem in the Old Testament. There's passages about false prophets and false women prophesying things, strange and foreign women. Same thing in the New Testament. People making merchandise of you, having wrong ideas and then selling to you their opinions as books, as the gospel, as speaking for God and speaking for God and everybody else bowing down and saying, yes, 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 no, no, no. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. Please take it seriously. Please take it seriously. Your salvation is at stake.
I don't want anything from anybody. I want to tell people the truth. I want them to know what I have gone through. And it's up for them to decide good choices. But if you want to make good choices in life, if you want to have eternal life, here's a hint. Build your foundation on the Christ, on the rock of what he teaches, which is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might and all your soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Build it on the word of God. You will not be sorry. You will not be sorry. And if I can influence somebody, one person out there, my life will not have been a total wreck or a total waste of time. I leave it in, in God's hands and in yours. God bless you all. Thank you for putting up with me. You take care.